Yeah. Uh, Kate, um, my mother-in-law, she's um, look, she's got a hip replacement already and she's looking to get another one. Um, she's getting an MRI and she's seeing a surgeon now. But it made me realise... Another hip replacement? Uh, yeah. The other side? Yep. And uh, it made me realise that my dad got two knee replacements. And this is before I worked in this industry and I was really aware of the body and you know how serious... Before I had my own surgery and how serious it was. But, man, he was a tough dude. Like, he did those. I didn't really think about it at all. I would have been... I oh. visited him and... Did he really, do a double? Uh, he did a double. Oh, no, he did one at a time. He did one at a time. But like I just I think back and I'm like I had nothing to do with that process. He just kind of grounded out. Didn't talk about alone. it. Didn't talk about it. He was in his own apartment. He was, yeah. I got the photos of his knees, just, just like that hurt, photo you showed me of his hurting up there. Yeah, but he, you know, he, he was up walking, and I probably could have been more compassionate at the time, <laughs> but I just wasn't that aware of those sorts of things at that age. Your um, your dad just had a knee replacement. Dad too? just had a knee replacement. Yeah, he's been um. Fuck, big surgery, man. It's a big wound you showed us. Big, big, yeah, they, they put a new top on the femur, whole new top. It's like a metal ca- mm. like a cap. Mm. And then I think there's one on the other side too because the bone was actually wearing into itself. It worn into, it's worn a don't, it's an own, its own groove into the joint, which is like, I'm not even sure how he would have put up with that kind of pain without just looking around. It. That's a, a boomer for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> boomer, that's it. Don't complain. Just get on with yeah, it. Get on with it. Yeah. Fine. I can't fine. walk. It's okay. Fine. Okay. I can, <laughs> can still carry it. I can still I can walk. You can't walk. I, yeah, I know. But I can still walk. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's the same. He's been saying for about three decades, Wow, oh, we've never placed him something the last 10 years. So I'll just wait until I got about 10 years left. That's what my dad said as well. Then we got there and the guy was, and the, and the surgeon was like, yeah, so you'll get a good 30 years out of this. Yeah, <laughs> I like, was like, you sat there for 10 years, you idiot. <laughs> Without even <laughs> Googling it, knowing that you could have got it 20 years ago, this nah, is going to outlive you. It's changed in the last 10 years. That, that, it's changed in the last 10 years. 10 years ago. Imagine 10 years from now. Years. Well, imagine 10 years from now. Mm. That'd be a completely different thing. Mate, when I'm that age, I'm getting everything. <laughs> fucking bionic legs and shit and kick doors off fucking 76 chairs. I'm getting fake breasts. <laughs> yeah, look at, at 90. They're dead. <laughs> Man, I just came from a gym this morning down in Canberra with uh, Justin Lang. He's the owner of the gym. You guys may or may not know of him. But he's uh, a bit of a specialist in the area of athletic development and knee rehab for athletes. Mm. So he's like, he's an EP who runs a gym. So he's cr- he's sort of on that threshold of like exercise, physiology, physio, and also gym. Mm. CrossFit um, box or? No, no, it's very much his own thing. And it's, oh. it's, it's, it's all based around athletic development and rehabilitation of those injuries. But he knows, this fucking guy is like an encyclopedia. He knows all of the, all of the studies and all of the statistics relevant to knee surgeries, ACL, RICOs, MCL, LCL, how long it takes you to get back on the field, what the parameters are. The guy was like a fucking, uh, like a guru. I was talking, I was like, Jesus Christ, man, you know so much about this stuff. Yeah. Achilles? Uh, he'd, he'd know all I'm about sure, Yeah, I'm sure. No, I told him your story. From mm. the, the snapped Achilles a couple of nights ago. So what did you, what are you, were you working with him now? I, um, I actually just wanted to connect with him because I mm. met him through, I met him years ago through jiu-jitsu. Mm. He was a purple belt. He trained under Alex Prates, uh-huh. who you trained with for a while. Yeah. And um, he and Alex always said, "Oh, you got to get together with Justin, man. You guys are so similar. Like, 
flexibility, the strength thing, you know. And Justin and I rolled together once and we got to meet a little bit at training. But then really, other than that, I never had much to do with him. But I've always heard from, from people, mutual friends, that he just really knows his stuff. So I just made the time today to go down and visit his gym. And he was a fucking legend. Took me on a tour of the gym, had a mad chat, took me to Cronulla, bought me a coffee, had a mad chat, and then, you know, said, see ya. But um, yeah, gave me some drills for my knee, gave me some information. And yeah, it was really, it was really nice to connect. He's in Caring Bar. He's in Caring Bar. The There's a lot of gyms down there. Dude, it's so heavily They're populated with gyms. Everywhere. It's amazing. It's Rocky Point Road. There's like a gym every, like every block. Yeah, there's shitloads of them. And all these different ones, little franchise yeah, things that you've never heard of before. Yeah, There's even like a teenagers only gym. Is there? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's like under 16s only. Amazing. Strictly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, oh, was I mean, he's cool. He's a, Justin is um, Rob Whitaker's strength conditioning coach. Yeah, so he, but you don't, you don't, he's not, he doesn't talk about it. He's not, he doesn't really care about marketing and stuff. He, he just, his craft is his thing. And when I was in there, like spending a couple of hours with him, I came to realize I'm like, holy shit. It just but, sells itself. But he showed me a two hour, it kind of fucking made me feel a bit depressed. He showed me a return to sports program or test that they use for like NRL players. He's got, I think, 25 like first grade football players, league and union who go there and they're constantly rotating because there's constant knee injuries. Um, but a two hour test that they do to test if you're ready to return to sport or not. And it covers fucking everything. Like it is so comprehensive. And if you score one thing inadequate, you fail the test. And it's, oh, got, wow. it's got like 60 tests in it. And there's, there's like strength and agility and all those things. But then there's like psychological evaluation where they'll see if, if like, mm, if there's any- Hesitating. Yeah, if there's any moment of hesitation, you fail. And you, you don't, you, you know, that's it. It's like, cool, keep training your rehab. That's sick. So yeah, it showed you the program on paper type thing? Yeah, like, showed me the results of one of his guys okay. and, and what's in there. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, man, I don't know if I want to do a test like that because I would definitely not be there. <laughs> right? but, but it just shows like, he's like, if you actually want to return to sport responsibly, then mm. this is what you need to do. Obviously, I'm not playing ball sports and I'm not at an elite level. It's not as relevant. Yeah. But I was like, even just a little bit in that direction and having a more basic kind of uh, way to evaluate mm, would be mm. so worthwhile, which totally. is kind of what I've been working towards. But, you know, just thinking like, you got we felt this, right? You get injured, you take a bit of time off training, mm. you come back to training, it's a bit tender for a while. And then before you know it, you forget about the fact that you were injured. Mm. But there's a little bit of damage to your proprioception, to your body awareness, to your coordination every time. Mm. And especially when you've had something where they're cutting you open like that, right? Mm. Like a knee surgery or a fucking Achilles thing. Mm. They've destroyed so many systems Little and nerve endings. Yeah, and like all this stuff we take for granted, right? So, yeah, super fascinating. Your dad's got a fun path ahead of him. Oh, he does. But I think um, it'll all be worth it. I mean, he'll be able to train again. Yeah, he'll be able to walk again. Be able to walk yeah. again and be uh, contribute and do things for me. Wow. Well, Thanks, Dad. He's got, <laughs> he's got some pretty physical grandchildren. Yeah. Thank you. There's some coffee. That's from Panavore, in case you didn't know. They sponsor our show. Shout out Panavore Tree. Thank you, brother. Yeah, but uh, I'm just amazed at how, how amazing the technology is nowadays. The fact totally. that you can get yourself a new knee. I've seen And your body just accepts it for 30 years. It doesn't reject it. There's no, yeah. these, none of these heavy side effects and... You know, you know what I mean? Like it's you wild. can still yeah. you can get under a squat rack again or run. 
like with a new knee and I'm like, holy shit, like the whole new, I always thought new like knee reconstruction or, or replacement were just like, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't really think underst- of what it is. Yes. I just thought, oh, yeah, knee replacement. And then when I actually saw it, they're, they're, they're quite beautiful. Like uh, mm, the, mm. the shape of the the, the metal and yeah, I've the seen smoothness the, the and the quality of a, and the compounds of and that and yeah. you're like holy yeah. shit it's like like that you know you know see the three D printing kind of thing yeah. yes it's got yeah, that yeah. feel to it now it's not like a just a bunch of screws and a and a, and a, a rod and a hinge and a door hinge <laughs> yeah. yeah you know how they came to be um, so good and these days the Germans. There's just hundreds of thousands and decades of people <laughs> getting shamans. really bad knee reconstructions. Uh, of course, <laughs> there yeah. so many Pile of bodies. people. Yeah, <laughs> just trial and error. Well, that's med- that's just medicine, isn't in, it? In general, yeah. yeah, for sure. Trial and error. Yeah, well, I mean, that's right. Probably prior, you know, at some period they would have just chopped the thing off. Just fucking chop your leg yeah, off. Just get rid of it. Now then, there was Fuck like, oh, we can put this Try door this. hinge. Let's in stick there. it like a pirate. <laughs> let's, let's make that work. Yeah, and that, yeah. we'll probably look <laughs> back. Wooden at, stump. We'll probably you look back at this part now yes. and think how barbaric. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. That's right. They were using metal. My, my bionic legs. They'll that's be right. kicking <laughs> shit out, people. Yeah. There was a, there was a guy this morning at um, Justin's gym <laughs> with a prosthetic leg, and he was just training, and uh, Justin's like, oh, he's a jujitsu guy. And I was like, holy shit, man. I was asking him about it. So he's got a, his legs attached. He's got a stump, uh, maybe three quarters of his thigh bone. And then it's prosthetic leg from down there. And I asked him how he trains. He said, oh, I'd, I'd have to train without the leg. So I just, you know, I've just got one leg. Yep. I'm like, man, how do you go? He goes, dude, I go well. He's like, people find it really hard to pass my guard. I use the stump to choke people. I got like this stump choke that I use where I, wow, where I grab, the, I kind of grab them and I drive the stump into their neck. Oh, Does yeah. he call it a stump? Well, he calls that the stump choke. The stump choke. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't refer to it. Like, he's, there's no, um, it's not like, oh, my leg or, yes, yeah, yes. it's like this short stump. One. Yeah. Yeah. God, imagine going home with, uh, after that. <laughs> oh. Sitting in the car. After that surgery? That, no, thinking that, not knowing you that you just got choked. stump choked. He, well, <laughs> he said he, he's apparently quite good at takedowns. Yeah. And I asked him how he initiates the fight. I'm like, are you, are you you're hopping the whole time, right? He's like, yeah, I'm, I stand balancing. And then when the ref says fight, I'm hopping and like moving forward. He said, but most people don't know how to take me down. So <laughs> I'm quite successful with my takedowns. Yeah. He goes, there was one guy in a competition once took me down, just grabbed me and did this huge leg sweep. And the whole crowd booed him. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the whole thing, isn't it? They're like, you dog. You know? How could you do that? He's only got one leg. You know? <laughs> he was oh, laughing man. about it. He was like, how great's that? <laughs> Good on him, though. Uh, how fucking amazing is that? Yeah. I think that's great. And what a, I mean, you know, it's um, uh, jujitsu is, you know, how, how interesting that. You can you can build a game in jujitsu around a limitation like that. Yeah, mm. you know. Well, we were talking about that before, weren't we? Like martial arts in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you got to work. You work with what you got. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And and it's like that. Uh, the the I think you sent me the link from that wrestler that has no legs. He was just just, just a torso, torso. and mm. he was mm. fucking phenomenal, isn't he? Yeah, and and he was he was competing in a very high level like the guys he was wrestling against weren't wouldn't definitely not going easy yeah. on him and he fucking cleaned up he almost has an unfair advantage oh, he was a monster you see legs he's got he's just a yeah, torso man can't get at him it's that it's kid zion is it it's so on netflix strong. wow if anyone wants to watch it it's yeah, like 15 minutes short film yeah it's amazing he's like, very much he's I just a torso in it with yeah yeah it was, yeah it was yeah. quite confronting too because yeah. it's in a way it's there's something 
Horrific's not the right word, but when you look at someone who is literally just a torso, oh, such you a feel, yeah, you feel so like such a deep sadness, but then to see how he can excel with it and how he's just adapted. And he'd come from a very humble beginnings. Like he, there's no money in his family and yeah, tough neighborhood. Like had everything going against him and just rose. Yeah. Like a champ. Yeah. It's cool, huh? Yeah. Mate, um, you just had another baby. Had another baby. Hey, go, how, how old's the baby? My wife had it. Well, I was yeah. just standing there what, filming <laughs> yeah. it. It it's was a, a cesarean because she's had a, a, a um, she had emergency cesarean with the first baby. Right. And then they advised not to have, to, to deliver once you've got the scar because you've got scar, they can rupture. Mm-hmm. And now that we're old parents, because we're in the fo- geriatric. geriatrics. So they said if you're geriatric <laughs> and you've had a cesarean already, you risk better it. not to yeah. risk it. Yeah. So we just said, yeah, so fine. He's like, sorry, what did you say? Can you speak up a bit, love? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I can't hear you. So, you. so you filmed it? You filmed the, filmed the whole I thing. I remember seeing yeah. one of the other uh, Filmed all three. All day, three, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when, um, when TMI was born, your first, I came to the hospital that night and um, Dee was in bed and, and TMI was in the little the bassinet and um, you like picked her up and like threw her at me and I'm like, hold it. And I was like, oh, it's a baby. And then um, you were like, man, you should have seen all the layers of muscle and tissue they were cutting through. I got it all on video. Do you want to see it? Mm. And I was like, bro, don't show me that. I don't want to see that shit. But you're quite fascinated yeah. with that surgical. You watched it though, didn't you? No, I, I, I don't think I could. I couldn't stomach it. <laughs> oh, really? I don't want to see like knives and scalpels. Yeah, really? and, are you, you know. are you going to watch yours? Well, I don't think so. You should, totally should, bro. I mean, it's I might. It's such amazing. Like to watch. I'll, I'll be there. Now. And if I'm like, yeah, I will. Just take a little peek over the curtain. Yeah. Because they put a little curtain between. Yeah, I've seen the little you. screen. Yep. Yeah. I would highly advise just getting a glimpse of the head and everything coming out. Like it's quite magnificent. I mean, that, that, um, that makes sense. But seeing them put scalpel to skin and watching incisions and that, I'm like, and the placenta, you want to see that come out? Yeah, I want to see that. Like things coming out, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like portals being created. It's, it's, you know. Yeah, so I, I can't speak to it, but I'd, I'd be too curious not to look. But um, uh, the, yeah, the initial cutting and stuff, like, it'd be hard. It would be hard. But the, it, it's all... Um, it's you, different you've in you've the got, hospital. You've got layers of cloth you know? over it with a ver- with, uh, and there's only yeah. an opening where where they need to make it's the incision. So it's not like you see a, 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 you know, that half of the body. So I don't know. Who knows? It's not like I'd, lying there going, yeah. I'll, I'll be under the influence I'd, of some fucking strong hormones set. I'm imagining. <laughs> Give me the gas. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, the, okay. So Get that big guy out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they'll, be a, they'll, they'll spinal tap Joe just to make <laughs> yeah. sure he's not flailing with his limbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the epidural. Yeah. <laughs> Misa will be holding my hand. Just keep breathing, babe. Just keep breathing. I can't do it. I can't. I'm not going to make it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, new uh, third baby boy. Baby boy. Still don't have a name yet. Great. But yeah, awesome. And I'm really looking forward to you going through the same same thing. Yeah. We'll all have babies. All three I know. Of us. I didn't think about that until you said it. Yeah. Yeah. We've all, all, well, mine will be in four days after the new year, but it's all around the, within the same 12-month period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's pretty cool because you guys have already had heaps of fucking babies. Yeah. So I'm glad that I can get in on this before. Yeah. Yes. You know. Before we shut shop. Yeah. Well, that's Paul, if Paul's Paul never going to shut shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I found out that- um, 7-Eleven. I didn't know. <laughs> I did not know that 
I don't know how I missed this bit of information, but when you get the snip, you can renege re on the snip and you can get it reattached. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I did not know that. Have you ever even considered getting the snip? Not until I heard this about three weeks ago. Right. Like, oh, really? Oh, okay. I'll totally get that. What <laughs> happens? If, if you want. But why? Do your testes shrink mean, up? I don't know. Do you lose your... Your masculinity. Oh, you know? I, well, I don't know enough about it, but it was mainly because no more part of me. No more testosterone. No, me, no, 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 no. It couldn't be that. They couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't like no, isolate your testosterone supply. So no, you and it it's not for fear of, of for fear of that at all. Because I got surplus there. It's a but. little salt. <laughs> but it was more the fact that I don't I know. Black. I just I didn't want to stop <laughs> a function that my body does. <laughs> and you know, I, we might decide to Is turn around and have a kid, or you ejaculate. I'd, yeah, because yeah, that'd be a bit weird know. if you're like orgasm, but nothing comes out. No, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> like gas. <laughs> oh, bro. Uh, no, I like I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I actually don't know. Well, but anyway, you, you got to stop the sperm from coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the idea. Like you're tying up. No, I think the it, tube where the sperm comes. No, out. but there's there's I think in sperm, and I don't know how we got on this. There is, and I'm. I have no idea. Keep it there's, coming. There's fluid and then there's sperm. So I think fluid comes ah. out, but it's not, it doesn't have the, the bits that make it. It's the like babies. the egg white without the yolk. <laughs> 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 okay, so a vasectomy Science. works by stopping the sperm <laughs> traveling through the tubes okay. from the testicles. That's it. Carry on. This prevents pregnancy by stopping the sperm from meeting the egg. Oh. So it stops the sperm traveling through the tubes from the testicles. So what did you type into Google there to find this out? What happens when you get the snip? <laughs> oh, it should be like, you know. So your you balls would get ejaculate. bigger. Because they'd just be filling with more sperm. Potentially. Oh, it's, that's all right. Uh, that. Yeah. I think I would have heard about that if it gets <laughs> <laughs> those six, About 60% Everyone of vasectomies can be reversed, Paul. Just so you know. Oh, oh, 60%. You about 60% oh, can be reversed. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. Not all. Okay. Well, anyway. It's a tough decision and don't take it lightly. That comes from okay. Men's Health Forum. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's probably listeners screaming you at their podcast now. Yeah. Like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah. Anyway. No but it, there's it, like it, eight kids amongst the three of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's cool. That's super interesting. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I never, I don't know. I guess, I guess the, the snip and stuff is something you think of at a certain stage in life. It's never come, even come into my mind like when that would occur. I never thought of it. Now that we've had three, it's all about protection. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's all about like, oh shit. Don't want out. that accidental yeah, one. Yeah, no, no. I yeah. just started working. Yeah, I was like, don't want that accidental one. So yeah. it's all the conversation at the moment. I'm willing. Apparently it's just a little walk-in, walk-out procedure. Yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. Mm. <clears throat> you know? Ominous. What, um, all right, let me give you a couple of updates on what we've got going on. It's episode 83 today, so this is the official introduction. Thanks, guys, for listening. What I did want to say today to our listeners was thank you for supporting our show. And for those of you that we don't know personally, that don't come and train here but do listen, we really appreciate you guys because it's very, it's very gratifying for us to know that there are people out there who are not connected to our gym directly who give a fuck about what we have to say and take this information and you know, put it into practice or even just get some entertainment from it. So thank you, you guys. I do get kind of regular text messages from strangers saying, oh, by the way, I love the show. Keep it up. You guys are awesome. And I'm like, that's so cool. I never, I never really thought about people listening to us it's much unreal. beyond that yes, kind yeah, of close yeah. circle, you know? Yeah, and neither do I, but I, occasionally we might see 
some of the numbers and you're like, where are all these people coming from? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're in the you know, thousands. Thank you. Thousands and thousands. But no, thank you guys. You're legends. Um, we have the Persian Yoga Workshop happening tomorrow, but by the time you're hearing this podcast, it'll be over, so don't worry about it. Um, the biggest event that we do have coming up is the Fight Night, which is on the 12th of December. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking like uh, four, six, weeks away. four weeks away. We've had a couple of little changes because a couple of, you know, fighters have got injured while in camp and whatnot, but it's shaping up to be a hectic event. It will all be streamed live and all the proceeds will go towards charity, which will be Rise Foundation. How many fights we got at this point, Paul? About 12. About 12? About 12. Yeah, well, who did That's we lose? We've lo- actually, we've lost Andrew and Tony. Ah, We're going to okay. try and see if Marco wants to roll with Tony, perhaps. Very mm. nice. Cause actually, because uh, we lost Stefan to who's uh, – sorry, we lost um, Stefan – who was fighting David boxing. Yep. And we lost Pavel as well because Pavel's injured. There. injured. So those, all three of them injured. So that's three fights, but we... I challenged some... Paul, but he um, didn't want to take me on. You didn't want that heat. And so no, because it's friendship over. I'd, I'd rather remain friends because if I <laughs> get in there and you know, choke break me to death, neck. something like that. Yeah. Pop, pop my eyeballs out. Any kickboxing fighter. <laughs> It's I like that you. moment where he has the neck <laughs> and he's like, I can break no. it or I can not break it. And T's like, hey. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, blood spot, blood yeah. spot. <laughs> the crowd's so, like, yeah. <laughs> 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 and then, so now you're going to fight David. You'll fight Stefan's. Oh. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, if you confirm that match as the matchmaker. Yes. I'd yep. like you to decide because i can't decide yeah that, that's the one invested. that's one well As because because david's already been training up yes you've yes, been yes, already yes, training up yep. it makes only sense that you okay. guys fight each other both tri- striking rather yes. than pulling okay Marco really off the bench for you to roll yep. and change the game yeah i'm really happy about that and yeah um, i think it's a good outcome yes and i think uh, the the boys are happy about it pavel's going to be our referee now Oh, excellent. Yeah, because he's a nice neutral place. He's yep. not going to be biased. Mm. Yeah. Very fair, you know, and he's Stern. professional. And he knows uh, the rule sets of the majority of the – and the ones that we don't know, we'll just make up on the day. Yeah, that's right. I'll yeah. have to mention, Refs, because of the last decision. podcast that we had and there was all this laughing about Pavel and I, I'm glad that he's still involved. I really looked forward to yeah. um, to locking horns with him in the ring and – um. Yeah, it's the best thing for him. Yeah, but is that a one and over? No, he w- he'd be hurt. That's he'd a be real yeah. oh yeah bummed yeah, out yeah. about not being able to compete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he I think he knew for a while, but he didn't yes, want to yeah, say yeah, it, right? He didn't want to say it. So I'm up one. I got one one and zero now. Well, it's my yeah, well, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, no there's no contest. There's no show. That's what happens in jits, isn't it? If your p- p- opponent doesn't come onto the match, do you get, get a win medal. for that? Fucking oh, still get the medal. That's yeah. yours, Paul. You won that. I got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks. Yeah. One and eight. <laughs> and he, you know, every time he sees Pavel, he knows inside that Pavel's ducked him. <laughs> well, ducked Undefeated. Him yeah. Undefeated fighter currently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quit him. ducking me, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think uh, now we just need to find Tony. I, I would like to hit Marco up and see if he wants to roll with Tones. I think that would be a good one. It would. It yeah. would. Marco would have the strength and the mobility advantage, but Tony's got the more training experience. And size. Better size. technical jiu-jitsu and the size. Yeah, mm. yeah, that'd be great. Mm. And that, that's it. That, is there any more pull-outs? It was that. It was, there was three there. Yeah, done. Done. Yep, yep. done. I'm very excited about that. No, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fucking exceptional. i tell you what. I went away for two weeks while this baby was getting born. Came back and it went from like light sparring, laughy, halfy, kind of play around with fun kicks and stuff to like full on 
fight camp. Ah. Chopping trees quite, down with quite, them leg yeah, kicks. Yeah, felt quite like... Everyone's very intimidated focused. up there last Everyone's night. Focused. Yeah, it looked. It looks uh, like it's stepped up in like, uh, maybe focus. Yeah, it's focus. just more vo- like more people. Yeah, everyone's like on on the you know they want to replicate their fight night. Yeah, so it's become more serious, and everyone's getting better, mm. faster, mm. and more efficient, and more competitive. Mm. It was like standing in the middle of a, and they're all big guys. You know mm. what I mean? There's no everyone's around the eighty to between eighty and and, and ninety five kind of thing. So it was kind of like standing in the middle of a buffalo herd, mm. <laughs> yeah. where you got the males just bashing heads, <laughs> and then you got like a few of the smaller buffaloes just trying to dodge all the males bashing heads. Well, I love it. What's I the female it. contingent up there? So good. There's like there was half. There were five girls, five, five girls, girls oh, but yeah, there were like ten, ten guys. And and like they're super yeah. consistent, right? Yeah. Deb's fighting. Deb's fighting. Deb's fighting. But yeah, and but they're they're all much lighter. Yeah. You know? So I had to kind of get them up. That we usually I don't like bar, to, but we to, had to, to separate, separate sexes because mm. it, it sounds very old school. But it just to get the there's just so much it, more weight and power. It in, has in a the men. place from a kind yeah. of safety and fairness perspective yes. in combat, Espe- especially, especially when everyone's in that like mindset yes. yeah. Yeah. where they want to hone their own skills and then yeah. they can't and and everyone's still beginner. So they can't you know, pull punches as well. No, so they don't know how to switch out of like sparring with Paul mm. to sparring with mm. Monaco, who's forty three kilos. Yeah, you know it's hard to make that that transition for some people. Yeah, so it was just yeah, it was. We just had to. It was a good call. The, turn good the call. turn the the um the temperature down a bit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we uh, look forward to you getting back in there once we work out how to. Mate, I'm that not happen. looking forward to it. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to get slapped around. What, getting back into fine. sparring? Yeah. yeah. You've not been sparring? Yep. You didn't well, I had two weeks off. Yep. I smoked a lot of marijuana over that time. Oh, <laughs> true. Did very little training, drunk a bit of alcohol. Still and then got, it felt a still bit lethargic. Still skin for abs. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just felt very lethargic up there, surrounded by all these guys <laughs> half my age. <laughs> like, and then when David took his top off God last night, it. everyone was like, okay. Yeah. My, that I'm that guy, up. look, he's uh, like up. a um, Calvin Klein model. He does. He does. He he's models. a very attractive man. He's, he's a model. A very attractive guy. Yeah. But yeah. It's, like, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger said. He said, you've got to be careful because when you're competing against a darker skinned Bodybuilder, a darker skin shows muscle correct better. L- looks than nice. That's looks why. Nice, yeah. yeah, and I and I noticed when I looked up. That's there, why the bodybuilders put all the tan. That's why they try and get black, it? don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I looked up there and like there was a bunch of dudes with rigs out, you know, tan skin, white skin, whatever. But like He's David, I was like, Jesus Christ, look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he looks like a Superman. Yeah. He's pretty fit though, whether he's black or white. He's, he's good. Nick. He's got yeah. he's good. Nick. Yeah. He's models a lot. Mm. He definitely wins best looking fighter of the night. Mm. Should the make a trophy for The Czech that. Congo Award. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep that one. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going because I, I want to start all the shit talking because he already started. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he already started. Has he, has he started? He started. Yeah, he was like, trash oh. talk. It's, like, it's going to be great. You're like the old version of me. And I'm like the young version of you. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh my God. Yeah. It was good. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I was like, I'll take old it. Guy I don't care. <laughs> and then we got our Christmas party, which is starting to form slowly, slowly. What are we doing? We're, we're doing a Burning Man weekend. <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> COVID safe. 
You haven't heard of it. It was going to be just, just typing into Google. You get yeah. a good impression. <laughs> it was going to be a camping weekend, and then it was going to be a. Uh, we're going to do a camping weekend, and then we're going to do a picnic down the park because we, we want to be outside so we can have a few numbers. But then we decided to combine the two, and then we decided to turn it into a Burning Man event, which is just getting <laughs> wasted for three days. <laughs> But yeah, it'll be scantily clad outfits. Yeah, so it'll be Burning Man theme. Is it costumed? Yeah, always majorly costumed. What's the theme? Burning Man. Burning Man. Burning Man. I was going to come naked because that's all I see of Burning Man. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's good. That works. Easy. Don't have to hire anything. Remember we had to hire those costumes last year. Yeah, comfortable. Comfortable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you just do whatever you want. Yeah, really. But yeah, like, but, but there's other, other there's parts. A look. There's a look. The other parts and the, th- the theme, crystals of and feathers and feathers, big yeah. glasses, big sharing, yeah. Yeah. communal meals. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, no so money, yeah. all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's like, like a bartering kind of economy. Uh, no, it's not bartering. It's just giving. Right. So mm. it's like you come with stuff, whatever you want. Like you know, obviously, you're gonna bring your own food and water and that. But but if you've got like a talent that you want to share. We've got people doing little workshops like Sue and her daughter are going to do a tie-dye workshop with the kids. Um, there's going to, um, Joe's going to do a um, pub choir workshop. Wow. Who is? Have you heard the pub choirs? Who's no. doing They're that? They're fucking mad. I've seen the pub Joe choirs. Fabs. Oh, oh so yes. Yeah, so you get like half a room right. and half a room and, and you get everyone involved in a choir. Obviously, you have a lead singer and she's a fucking phenomenal singer and she runs it and then everyone sings together. And it's like the lyrics and that, and it gets rowdy. That's cool. Yeah, but uh, there's heaps of stuff, drumming, and and then obviously the night when um, we'll just have a DJ perhaps, or just whatever. However, it is we'll have dance music party. And a dance. dance party. It's more, of that more of a daytime COVID safe thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID safe bush off. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's so, based. Yeah, yes. we've got the river there. And obviously, and obviously, we've got a cap on numbers because, there's, um, oh, of you know, so it's yeah. only the, the, the certain members who have pre-signed up for it and that kind of thing. Yeah. Of thing yeah. So we we're making sure it. that we stick to all those rules. All the rules, yeah. And then we've got the Co- uh, the Colo River literally on our doorstep, yeah. Colo? 150 metres is literal. It's oh, right. That's great. You just got to beat the properties here. You bash through the bush and there. And that just there. Beautiful. soothes the hangover. Mm. But then we've got a yoga yoga workshop. We're going to do a little bit of visualiza- visual, visualization to live music. Mm. Drumming oh. in that. Oh. Yeah. 2020, but we'll do uh, – uh, Dave, uh, Dave's going to do it. Uh, Dave's going to yeah. do it? Someone he else. doesn't know that yet, but he is. There's someone else who's keen on drumming. drumming. I saw someone comment Andrew, drums. Andrew's going to do some drumming too. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah Walshy. And Walshy's a bit Mitch of a drummer. Gardner. He well. is, yeah. <laughs> okay. mm. I'll, I'll drum if there's a – oh, actually, I've got a box. I've got one of those boxes. I oh, bring it. Yeah, I will. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of music. Yeah, you'll have heaps of spare time over that weekend, Paul. Me? <laughs> when I get there, I'll switch <laughs> off. We're going to do a bit of reflecting as well <laughs> in the in the um, 2021 visualisation. So we'll reflect on 2020. I think it's a good year to reflect on. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to look back at 2020 and think of all the positive things that came out of this year. Yes. Because it's been so much negative press around 2020, but there's also been a lot of positive things that have come out of lockdown for individuals and also um you know whatever else has facing, changed in your life yeah facing the hardship of, of yep. the whole thing has, has brought about certain opportunities yeah and I'm obviously it's not over you know like the whole covid thing and there's still going to be pressing issues with lots of different stuff but it's just going to be a good time to be able to sit back and 
look at things from a bit of a positive light and then move into the next year with that same kind of intention, you know? Mm, that would like be fun. That would be good. With a huge hangover. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Just munted. <laughs> yeah. I want you to think about... And everyone's like... Are you running that session? Well, I will if no one else wants to. But yeah, yeah I'm to- I'll to- I'm up for it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I like the way you you do your your prep for the new year. That's why I was asking Paul if you would be interested in doing doing that. Ah, right. Um but if you're not, then I'm really happy to do it. I'm interested. Maybe we'll play it by ear close to the date. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just aware that like Oh, I just had microphone one down a little bit. That's me, but it's all right. Um, I'm just aware that, uh, I don't know, could get could be quite busy. Mm. And so I don't want to necessarily commit right now to lock yourself in a work activity at a work activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so there, and, and I think a lot of it's just going to be on the fly. Yep. Nick's going to do some- um, It's no obligation too for people. Some salsa, salsa. Mm, yes. Of course, yes. A little salsa lessons and yeah, all just fun stuff. Mm. Yeah, so it's going to be a great weekend. I think everyone's pretty pumped. Now- um, I wanted to investigate with you guys today a little bit the uh, this thing, this training thing, cardio type training that we don't really place much value on in a traditional sense. And it, a member or someone who's about to sign up that's going through their foundation at the moment was sort of in here the other day and they're loving it. Oh man, the weightlifting class looks great. Look at that gymnastic stuff. I'm really keen to get mobile and I want to learn to handstand. But he's like, you guys don't have any cardio machines in here. And uh, he was like, what, you know, what's the deal with that? Do you, do you do cardio? And I was like, oh. And it made me think, yeah, for a lot of people, the cardio thing still is quite, uh, they still it can be seen as like a really important isolated component of training. And so if you don't do it, like we say fight, lift, move, we don't have like fight cardio move, right? It's like, uh, what is, why is that that we don't value it so much? I want to pick that apart a little bit with you guys. Um, T-Bone, could you tell me like, you know, when you look at our training methodology as a whole, where does, you know, what is the cardio thing and where does it fit into what we do? Um, I think it's uh, within context, you know, like because I know a lot of other good gyms, gyms that are, that, um, that, that know their stuff and have a really good client base and what whatnot, but they, uh, most of them on the, on the beach, uh, they have a very high uh, or, or they, they value their cardio machines. Uh, even, in, even in a gym that's similar to ours, they'll have the, the climber. Versa the, climber. The verse climber or um, rower. the dyna bike. The, yeah. Yeah, the dyna bike and uh, rowers yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. And they'll do big stints on them. Um, but you've got to also look at the context. Like the people that are out on the water or for, you know, doing endurance sport, they're doing bloody... <clears throat> beach runs and long distance paddles and shit like that. So it's relevant to them. Yeah. I think for us, uh, the context for our gym is martial arts and this is uh, a, a multitude of, <coughs> pardon me, a multiple, a multitude of uh, energy systems r- uh, moving from uh, one point to another and back again. And this is where, um, where we do our cardio, if that makes sense. So that means short, higher intense, intensity like uh output like our strength movement and then obviously when you're on the mats rolling and when you're when you're fighting you know yeah yeah so you're maintaining like a level of output through say your rounds yeah but then there's these spikes of high intensity output it ramps up and then you get rest and then and then there's a short sprint and then it's like 
battle it out in your for for uh, in that um, um, lactic threshold for a bit. Yep. And then there's that constant, like over overarching kind of cardiovascular output throughout the activity. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, it's all about the context for us and doing long stints on um, you know road running or on a on a, an elliptical or on a on a rower. I think uh, that time could be better utilized doing other things. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. a real big one, isn't it? It's like. You could, you could, yeah, sit on your row for 20 minutes. What are you, what are you changing there? Like, what are yeah. you, what are you actually, what adaptation are you getting from that? Whereas if you're spending 20 minutes doing, say, a few different sort of movement-based drills that are increasing mobility, increasing strength, in a, from a global perspective, right? Like if there's some lower body stuff, there's some upper body stuff, there's, you know, this nice mix of strength and mobility – and also the, the byproduct of just that kind of activity is that there's also a cardiovascular demand. Maybe it's not as honed in as it is on the rower, but there's all this other shit that you get for it, right? That's right. And I think once you move off these machines and into the discipline that you do, it's very rare you can get that kind of output anyway, you know, because there's too many variables. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to be fit, don't get me wrong. And if you've got a big engine uh, as a martial artist, you know, you need that. Um, but I think if you're not a professional athlete, there's way you can get there's more low there's way more low bearing fruits that are going to benefit you from a vitality perspective. Yeah. If you're sitting in a chair all day, and you've only got three hours a week to train, sitting on a rower or a bike <coughs> is not going to it, it's it's going to turn you into a cripple. Yeah, that's right. You know it's I mean? only going to further reinforce your poor posture. Yeah. Your bad mobility. <clears throat> Your tight hip flexors. Yeah. Knees that don't fully yeah. extend. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Just there. Yeah. So it's all in context, you know? Yeah, it's a funny one. Like you don't, um, the, like cycling is a, cycling I have a real issue with from that point of view. Like if you're just riding a bike all the time and then like any adult, you, you spend the rest of your day pretty much sitting down, then you just, you really, like there's a price you're paying in your hip mobility, isn't there? Like you're in flexion yeah, everything. the whole Spine. time you're on a bike, your knees are never fully extended or fully flexed and your back's rounded, yeah, like, you, like it is when you're at the office desk. So there's really no time, like if you're really into that and you're doing that a few times a week and, you know, I don't know, even if you go to the gym once and lift some weights or whatever, you're spending so much time in those shitty positions that you're always, like you're never going to get out of them. You're not doing enough like of the balancing out work to pull you out of that hole that you're in. Yeah, that's adaption, isn't it? Yeah. Specific adaption to impose demands. Yes. And it should be to be undoing those positions should be for prior, the first priority for, for anyone who's not a, you know, well, you know even, even for a professional athlete. But professional athletes do all the other stuff on the side, mm. doing the mobility mm. work, that's right. doing the prehab. They just add hours you to just their don't training weeks. You yeah. just see them doing Rather what they do. Well, some, some do, right? Yeah. yeah. The good yeah, ones do, yeah, yeah. The good ones. you know, and the ones that have a life outside, of, like after their their career, ones that can come out of the other end of their career and not be decrepit or crippled. They they've looked after themselves. They've done that. They've done that that work on the side, you know. Yeah. Same. Like you look at the gym that you just went to that you're discussing before, how uh, much knowledge there is in strength and conditioning now, and the average person doesn't get access to that. That's right. You know, or they don't source it. Because you don't have time. So you're like, I just want to get sweat up. 
and you go out and do your cardio. Yeah. But in reality, it's not what you should be doing, really. You know? Yeah, I think there's been, I think with a lot of the mainstream information that's, that, that the, the, the general population receive about fitness really kind of reinforces these ideas that cardiovascular training is the most important thing. Like I know my parents and my, you know, my aunties and uncles and all that, you know, they're seeing all that. They're seeing the documentaries on, um, on SBS where they're talking about, oh, you only need to do like 20 seconds of really high intensity work for, um, you know, three intervals. And that's enough to whatever, like increase markers that will reduce fucking heart chances of heart mm. disease and stuff. And they're like, that's apparently all I need to do. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from that one, like isolated lens, your heart will benefit from that. But you're forgetting that you've got this whole body, which is a, this machine, this structure that's working around the heart that also has to be intact. Like mm. you can have the highest quality heart, but if your knees don't work and your hips don't work and you can't walk, your heart's not going to last for very long. No. Like mm. you're going you're gonna to die. So it's like you, you, it's kind of, it's a bit of, I feel like it's a bit of a Western thing where we really value, like we really look at cardiovascular health <laughs> as like the pinnacle. Yeah. In the same way that we look at, um, in the same way that we look at like brain health and that, you know, they tell people who are getting older, oh, you need to do like quizzes and Sudoku and crosswords and stuff. It's really good for your brain. But it's like, yeah, but you can also challenge your brain through moving your body. And when you do that, you get all of the benefits rather mm. than just one of them. Yeah. Mm, mm. And one, one on its own doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't it's not this you know you know it doesn't do anything yeah it doesn't really. it doesn't carry over to act to your real life no, it's not going to make any changes and it's funny you say that because if you look at what the highest killer of um western westerners is it's all, it's all around heart disease um and well, one of them and um it makes sense that there's this focus on how to keep your heart healthy yes and you get to a certain age and you're like fuck I'm actually in this, you know, in this 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 place. I'm over forty. I'm carrying a bit of weight. I'm sedentary. I'm now a candidate for heart attack. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I've got limited amount of time. What can I do to prevent that heart attack from happening? Yeah. And so, naturally, you're like, well, let's address the heart. Let's yeah. go to that. It's the it's the thing. And I was having this conversation yesterday with someone in the gym, uh, just talking about health in general. And when you look at Eastern cultures, or you look at cultures like uh, Polynesian cultures, for instance. Um, I'm looking at my grandmother. I was talking about her. She's never stepped a foot in a gym in her life. She's never done any cardio. She's never done any kind of sporting activity. And she's so fucking healthy, it's ridiculous. <coughs> Both my grand grandmothers. And it is all down to lifestyle. You know, she's eating taro, fish, that she goes out in the reef and she'll, uh, uh, sorry, she'll trade with uh, Taro from her garden with her neighbours. Um, she's, she's got um, the purpose in her life. She looks after other elderly. She's always on the move. She has a really healthy uh, social life. She has l uh, a low stress um, uh, living standard. And this is what makes you or gives you health and vitality. So people looking for that quick fix to add to their current um, a state of existence and they're not making any of the changes outside of the gym but that's where your true health comes from in, in reality you know yeah and so that's true. why it's not a not a big focus in places like asia because they're they're working every day you don't you don't retire you just got to keep working you're looking after the grandkids you've always got purpose 
and um, you don't have time uh, to, to or money to spend on a gym, but your diet's still clean because you can't afford to eat shit. Yeah, you know? cost money, and um, uh, that's, uh, I think that's the biggest difference. You know, yeah, Look, always looking for looking for um, looking for the hack. You know, yeah. It's not to, get, to get out of kind of this situation that we've ended up in due to affluence. Yep. This is where we don't have to work and we don't have to look after the, yep. the grandkids and the time yeah. deficiency. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to if you, if you, if you want to be healthy, don't, don't, don't start. It, like the gym is, is like a, and I, I shouldn't be saying this because I own one, yes. but it is, it is a luxury. Mm. It's a luxury for health. Yes. Health does not come from joining a gym. It comes from decisions that you make, lifestyle choices, and that's it. You know? Yeah, developing those habits. Yeah. So say like, you know, say for the person who, uh, someone that we see that walks through the door, uh, and generally what we, what we see, and you kind of touched on this before, we see mechanical deficiencies in people. We see poor movement patterns, a lack of coordination, joints that are stiff or, you know, imbalance from between one side to the other. And so our primary thing at that point is to address those deficiencies first. So before we worry about making them super strong or teaching them how to fight or whatever, the first thing is fix those mobility restrictions and, and just develop that body awareness. How can you, can we break that down for someone who goes to a gym three times a week and say they just bash it out in like a hit class. It's like, Oh, what are we doing this week? Oh, we're jumping on the box and then we're doing the thrusters and then, you're fucking slamming these ropes for 60 reps and then skipping and we're going to do it for 45 minutes. Um, something like that. What's the, because I think for that person, they're like, well, that's a hard exercise class and I'm doing all these different movements. So what do you want from me? Like I'm doing it. Where's the, what are they missing there? Well, I think, um, you got to f- figure out what is wrong with the machine before you start pushing it to its full capacity. You know what I mean? Mm, you got to balance mm. it out. It's like having a shitty old Datsun with fucking wheels unaligned. I know I could come back to the car analogy. It's a good one. It's an easy one. Chassis is a little bit bent. The engines, like the, the pistons are misfiring. And this is the 99.99% of Australian population. Uh, and taking that Datsun out on the racetrack and lining up next to the new fucking Holden and this high-powered vehicle on the other side, which are your, you know, your, 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 uh, ambas- your Fitzbro ambassadors uh, and, and just putting the pedal to the metal, trying to keep up with them. Yes. You know, it is a recipe for disaster. I mean, you know, when you, when you look at an, an analogy like that. It's so clear. Did <laughs> you fucking break. Yeah. And then when you're broken, you can't do shit. So, you, you know. I, you I, I know this. And this happened, to, this happened to me. I made a poor decision in recent months where um, I got a little, stemming from the Achilles thing, I'm aware that one side um, of my hip is not as stable as the other. Um, even right down to the foot and the calf and the lower limb. Um, and um, basically I, I went and did something irresponsible. I went and did like 200 jump lunges in a workout because I wanted to finish and I was like, you know what, uh, that pattern I haven't been addressing lately and it was a bit irresponsible and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. And um, sure enough, at the end of that, 
my QL on the opposite side just locked up. My adductor just swelled up and it was pretty evident that there was just some massive compensation going on. You know, the glute wasn't stabilizing. I just kept going. You know, it was dynamic movement when I wasn't ready for it. Pedal to the metal. Pedal to the metal, you know. And, wheels um, going, big compensation. Wheels wobbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Steering you know, wheel shuddering. I, I knew that kind of going in, you know. And I was like, Hold nah, I'll just do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it together. Um, and it's, that's, that's, that's pretty much that analogy right there. And then yeah. what happened there, I had, to, I had to fix that. So it was like, oh, shit. You idiot! Wake, wake up the next morning. I was like, "Ah, you idiot!" But it's funny though. <laughs> like we're we're a, we are a machine, and mm. I think people tend to forget that we are a machine. You know, that's it. And all moving parts sooner or later will break. You know, and the worse you treat them, that's depressing. More likely break, they're going to break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the good thing is that we can we can heal like mm-hmm. a like a piece of metal, but um, you, you got to take that into consideration. You can't just go and buy a new car. Like when you fuck the one that you got, you know what I mean? I think just to comment on that, I think we are a machine and we are also like a- A driver. Like, yeah, but like a biological kind of, um, you know, like plastic being that that Mm. can evolve and change and, you know, right? And so, and we obviously kind of understand, we understand that and a lot of what we do is focus on the structure, which is the machine. Yeah. But I think what we're looking at here is, is you know, it's- if you look at it just the other side as well, like, oh, I just, I just address my gut health, but I don't do any training. Yeah. Or I just address my cardiovascular health, but I don't actually like lubricate the hinges that hold my body together. When you just look at one, you, you fuck up. That's, you know, yes. you have to understand both. And yeah. what we come to know is that through focusing on the side that we choose to, the mechanical side, you get the other stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. Or access to it at the very least. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's like um, the, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, yeah. But I'm just thinking like um, Stephen Jepson, who, if you've ever seen the guy, he became kind of, he had a YouTube video that went kind of viral. He's an old guy. He's probably sort of mid 70s. And I think he lives somewhere in the oh, South. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the States, Games maybe guy. in Florida. Yeah, and he just, and he's this zany American guy. He's invented a few different things that you can play with, mm. different toys and stuff. But all he does is play. He just plays all day long and his house has become like a playground and he's, and he's like, he's obviously obsessed with it and he plays with, he, you, you, you think of a game and this motherfucker's playing with it. He plays a game where he has to stand on one leg and pick up, um, pick up glass bottles with his, with, his, with his toes and then put them in another spot and then he does it on the other side and then after he plays that he goes and does this thing where he climbs a ladder and then he tries to balance on the ladder and then he gets on a unicycle and he does laps. Oh, my kids he, would love that. And then house. he makes stuff out of clay and then he gets mm. on his snakeboard and he likes to snakeboard. You know, like oh, he's maybe just, that's not that cool. He's, he's just wild, right? <laughs> but he's like, all these people my age are like can't do this stuff, you yeah. know? And he's like, young people can't do this stuff. And he's like, my brain is like fucking electric. Like it's so, it's so like- Wired. Yeah, he's like, because I'm playing all the time. I'm doing this mm. stuff. I'm challenging mm. my body. He's like, I brush my teeth with the opposite hand for months and I put my shoes on within, in the backwards setting. So instead of my usual hand, I use the other ones. And he's like, it's really hard at first, but I'm building this coordination all the time. So his whole message is like, keep playing. And essentially mm. through this use of the body, he's developing the brain. You know, mm. and then that's then having a positive effect on his uh, on his endocrine system. His hormones are good. I'm sure his gut health's pretty good. Like it, you know, everything kind of flows on from this this mantra of play more. Um, 
which I really like and I really feel it kind of, it, it hits that nail on the head, right? Because everything gets covered by being in that, playing in that, by existing in that one realm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I see myself as a big player, not as zany and Player. proactively big going time. out and trying to build all that stuff. But I love that. I love. I do try to play all the time, and not as uh, something that's hard to uh, for me to do. It's it's a natural thing. I, I do I do like that philosophy, and I hoped that when I'm that age, I'm still kicking ass, maybe, or you know, playing games with my grandchildren. Fuck yeah, my great grandchildren. Actually, <laughs> I heard an interesting stat from Justin this morning. We we're talking about uh, he um, he spat out so many studies and stats that I find it hard to remember it all. But one of them was that uh, it's been shown that I think it was six sets of random uh, bouncing and jumping drills. Mm. So I think of like single leg hopping and then think about like agility ladder, like stepping left, stepping right. Mm -hmm. And then like sprinters drills where it's like high knee, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Six sets of that before sport drastically reduces your chance of injuring your knees. Love it. And he's like, it's not even the drills themselves that are important. It's the fact that you're just doing these drills and your knees constantly having to stabilize. Mm. So he's like, you think about, he said strength is not a factor there. He's like, think about when, uh, he's like, we have kids who are like 13 years old. They're super weak. Like they can't, like they, they you know, they might be able to do pull ups, but he's like, they can't squat. Like they don't have strong quadriceps or hamstrings. But he's like, these kids go play ball sports, they don't break their knees. He's like, but then yeah. you become an adult and you got all the strength, right? You're squatting and deadlifting and doing all that shit. And you go play sport and you break your knee. And he's like, it's not about the strength, it's about this, this stability thing. And he reckons that the majority of it comes from playing. Because kids are in the playground, like you watch kids' movement patterns, right? When they're climbing trees and running around and inventing games. They're doing all kinds of weird shit with their body all day long. Mm. So they're naturally kind of building this, this, this capacity or this prehab in a sense. And then now that we're adults, we sit down all day and then we take one hour to go exercise and, you know, all go play ball sports. Well, if they were doing what we think is the right thing to do, then we'd have all of our young children doing, going jogging. That's right. Maybe they should go jogging. Getting on the leg press. Yeah, rowing, <laughs> rowing machine. It's true, right? Yeah. I think even, um, even, I think even structured play for kids is, is damaging as well. I think having an adult like dictate the rules, the rules, stuff. like, you know, game of soccer. And I know um, that this would probably um, rustle a few feathers, but I'm over here. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> but you look at the way a kid's free play <laughs> and then you look at the way they play, play like a, an adult ball sport and it is a very, very different environment. The free play has this uh, element of emotion, uh, sorry, um, uh, imagination. And with that, the patterns and the movements that they, that they work through yeah. are a much greater, uh, greater range and more sporadic and more exp exploratory, exploratory tools and shit. Yep. And then you go chuck them in a pair of soccer boots that are, can't even fucking, you can't even bend them. You know, and you <laughs> chuck them on a field and most of them don't want to be there. And, you know, there'll be one or two kids that are just dominating the field and the rest are just kind of walking around hating Not on exercise. interested. Yeah, and it's like, okay, this is what being fit is. I don't like this shit. Yeah, you know? there's the com competition it's aspect. There's the pressure of performing <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the team. Yeah, dad screaming and yep. getting the car and copping earful because yep. you weren't, you know, fucking motivated. and Mate, 
and didn't didn't cut Johnny, tackle Johnny, or he sidestepped him. Does T always respond first to Johnny? It's Johnny or Jay. Little Johnny. Little Johnny. But you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. Anyway, I've probably gone on a bit of a tangent. We've packaged it up in a way that we think is the way they should do it. Yes, when we should be like, and then when we do get them into free play, what do we do? They don't don't do that. Do. Don't pick that up. Don't climb oh, that. Don't climb that. Don't Get off that. Don't start. You know what I mean? We yeah. just can't handle that. And, and then what do you get? Like and they're, they're out there expressing all the capacities we wish we had. Yes. Like, oh, I wish I could climb a tree like that. stifle that shit. I wish I could do that with my knees. Yes. Don't you know? start. <laughs> and we stifle it. Yeah. You know? Don't start. And, that, and you, you're very difficult to come back from that once you hit 21, you know? Well, that's right. Once you, once you lose this shit, it's very hard to get it back, right? Yeah. Um. One of the ones for me is like the, and, and, and this is more of a practical piece for folks. You know, you're going out there, you're doing your thing. Um, like, let's say I'm, I'll use CrossFit as an example because I really, I've had great experiences with CrossFit in the past. I like it personally as a training, you know, as a class to go and do because I, I have naturally always moved quite well and I've, I've been blessed with pretty good mobility. So, um, squatting and lunging and burpees and pull-ups and all that stuff, I can do it well. And then, you know, due to fitness levels, I can, you can turn the intensity up and I can maintain the quality, right? So I've always found that, you know, fine for me. But when I look at it for the majority of folks who perhaps don't move so well, don't have the same level of body awareness, um, you know, maybe they're sitting in an office all day, so they got, you know, some pretty bad posture going on but they're trying to move at that speed and that rate because it's fun, right? They want to do it. They want to be in the class. They want that hormonal fucking dump of endorphins or whatever that comes from training like that. But in that 20-minute workout, they've got no awareness of what their body's doing. They're completely unaware of the shitty positions they're going into every time they squat or every time they push up or every time they you know, do a burpee or whatever. What do we do about, you know, what do you... Yeah, that's tough because they, they yeah. want to take wanna part. Move. Yeah, they want to take part. And it's a, it's a cool thing that... Uh, it's not like CrossFit aren't trying to address those mobility issues for people. Hopefully, good gyms. They're um, they're taking the them as individuals as well. It's like a member here, and we're going to give you some individualized corrective work you need to do. But hey, it's okay to go in the workout, similar to how we do. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. Do you do you do you say hey, you can't train here? You should probably address these for the next eighteen months, and then come back and see us. Probably that's not going to work either. You're trying to meet people where they're at and they're in this framework of, of, of parenthood and working and a little bit of time. So you're really just trying to meet people, um, you know, to, to be able to find be, a middle ground. Middle ground. Yeah. Moving in the right direction. You've got to be able to take the Datsun out for a wrap. Yeah. You know? But, you but if you're just wrapping that thing every yeah, fucking only. day. No. You've got to put in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it should spend more time in the garage. And, and less and, time and, on the and track, and, and slowly, slowly that can turn, that can start. The ratios can change. And I little. think if you don't have enough time to research and look into that and, and know how to guide yourself through that, because there's a fine line where you're just going to step over at one time and the Datsun's going to blow, mm. then you should be in really good hands with people who are watching you. Yeah, as in take coaches, foot off the accelerator a little bit. They can always be there, keeping you accountable to you stepping into areas that probably not ready for. Yeah. Mm. And that, that's sort of one of my, yeah, one of my, I guess, part of one of my gripes with like condition, um, uh, conventional strength and conditioning too, that it's like, it's, it's really like science-based and it's mm. like how hard, like how, how many times can you lift the thing, how fast can you push the sled, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you can do that right now. 
but like the, the movement, the positions you're in are not adequate or not ideal. Your mobility is really not adequate. So what's going to happen to you in two years time? So mm. you're performing high now, but then w- what happens to you in two, five years time? You know, do you have a back injury? Do you blow your knee out? You know, those sorts of things. I think that's, um, that's where you have this, like, uh, this line between your, your strength and conditioning coach and your, your coach, your discipline coach. So uh, I can't speak on behalf of other sports, but I definitely know in, uh, for any kind of martial arts, uh, the, 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 the discipline coach, kickboxing coach or your jiu-jitsu coach focusing on form and they gauge the quality of the movement pattern. You know what I mean? If it's a good coach. Yeah. Uh, and the strength and conditioning coach is about recording numbers. What can I measure? You know what I mean? So yeah. their, their attention to the minor details um, that are, that are uh, within the context, you know what I mean? So uh, uh, are not as um, acute as a, as, a st- as, a, as a coach of that particular discipline. The knowledge base is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the combination of the two is where it's at, I believe. I mean, while we see that, you know, today, where, where we have, like, the, the best coaches out, and you've got these famous coaches that are training up certain athletes, and with them you've got this couple of, like, your mate down at, uh, at Caring Bar, you know? And when you have this collaborative space where these two people can combine the knowledge, then you come up with a, with a, with a strategy, you know? I would argue, though, that the... That the, that the martial arts, like the, the specialist coach, they want to see good patterns and, good, st- and good, good positions with the specific techniques they use mm. in that sport, but they don't really care about what happens outside of that. Mm. Like how many fighters <clears throat> can you think of who, you know, can throw an epic head kick or can, you know, great boxing, whatever, good takedowns, but like put them through a functional movement test and they fall to pieces. Yeah. Can't squat, hip, hip flexors are overcooked. You know, like all sorts of dysfunction, right? It's not to say that like everybody should be, you know, mechanic. Like you have to specialize, particularly if you want to play at that elite level of anything. But um, I feel like there's, like I feel like Justin from down in Caringbar, he's an exception because he's got the strength conditioning side, but he's super interested in perfecting the mechanics. Yeah. Whereas he doesn't let his pursuit of the performance be the the top of that pyramid do you know what i mean yeah and but, i, I but think in, about but that's good strength that, that's <coughs> that's quality great. strength yes. and conditioning mm-hmm. that's yeah. what we, that's what we would like to see everywhere that's right you know? but i don't i don't think i mean you know the but amount of fucking strength conditioning coaches who i see denouncing stretching yeah like oh, it doesn't work it doesn't have any evidence behind is that it. right they do that shit loads okay that, that's, that's what i'm floating around for i love that is that right yeah, yeah. you know wow. but it's it's you know like say when when and i and i you know if i if I think of like people I've known who are in that realm and they're posting videos of their athletes and you know, they'll be a strength conditioning coach. And I put, oh look at these, my guys, these are my, you know, reserve grade fucking football players, whatever. Look how heavy they're squatting and look how fast they're pushing the sled, but they're doing like quarter squats and there's no form at all, right? They're just banging mm. this thing out, going mm. down, going mm. up. Like mm. it doesn't look at all comfortable. The position looks like, like really gnarly, but these big strong guys are just getting through it and they're bashing the sled out and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm sure the metrics of your strength conditioning program are all moving upwards, but it's like you're destroying this guy's knees mm. or you're like fucking up this guy's lower back like day by day. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there is just the view of performance. Man, I'd love to get behind 
uh, some of those gym doors. Now that I'm back watching NRL and stuff, um, and I've been a coach for three years, I'd love to see just walk through the gym during a, a lifting session or anything and just see what it looks like. Because I, I look at these guys and they're yeah, massive like testosterone. Guys. Yeah, and they are fucking that racing car. Right, and yeah. bash- I just want to know because, you know, you'd, you'd be able to surely pick some guys there. You're like, that guy is prone straight up. Yes. You should not be getting tackled by three guys over 100 kilos yeah. in different planes of movement. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just watching injuries every weekend there. Um, but yeah, and then you got the ones where you're like, they chose the right parents, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or they're blessed. Well, that's where, yeah. that's where it begins, doesn't it? You know, yeah. that first kind of like gene pool. And then after that. Well, I uh, think it's your, your parents choosing the right religion. Mm. <laughs> first, they need to be blessed. And then they will produce the finest offspring. Yeah. <laughs> what about, um, you know, we're sort of coming to the end, but someone else I wanted to bring up was, you know, you think about like you get someone that comes in, uh, say general population type client, they want the standard fitness goals, right? They want to get a bit fitter, feel a bit better about themselves, lose a bit of weight, put on a bit of muscle, whatever. Um, and you've got uh, two hours a week, two one hour sessions to work with them. We know that if you put that person through like a 60 minute session where they're sweating and heaving and like working super hard, that they're going to love that session. Mm. They're going to be like, fuck yes, I'm moving mm. towards my goals. However, we don't do that. So what, you know, we sort of touched on why we don't do that because we, we have to fix the mechanics first. But is that approach of like giving people just what they want and focusing on that cardio side of things, I kind of see that as the lazy option of the fitness industry. Yeah. Something that is over-prescribed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, you need, a, you, need a, you need to approach it like you would, like anyone learning how to drive, you know, and fix their own vehicle at the same time. So there will be a little bit of mechanics involved uh, and that's your pre-ab work and your strength training and then there's your coaching throughout that space, teaching that person how to drive the vehicle and then at the end you might have 10 or 15 minutes of take the vehicle for a wrap, you know? What about the fuel uh, part uh, of under, that? Under supervision. Have a bit of fun. Under supervision, yeah. 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 That's, uh, that would, that's my approach to someone who has limited time like that. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a beginner. And that, f- that, that kind of format is it's a cut and paste, but it's very effective. You know, obviously, this, uh, this, what you put in there is relevant to the individual. Yeah. But the ratios uh, are very similar. Yeah. I'm the same. And, um, and usually when someone comes in here and they're thinking um, that the cardio thing is like, why aren't I working, you know, really hard and sweating and I kind of want to, we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to flesh out the reasons why at the beginning so that they have the context and the idea behind why we're doing it this way, is, of course. But then um, it's also giving them little nuggets along the way as you build a relationship with the other part of the analogy, like uh, garaging your car taking care of yourself basically outside of the gym so it's figuring out what they you know maybe they should put their car in the garage or choose better fuel that you're going to run the engine with and type type thing yeah so just addressing those bits as we go wax more often wax more often yes a bit of rest i could probably use that that. my car's terrible right now oh yeah um we're going to talk probably when we get um rawdon on we've got rawdon dubois talking fat loss and muscle gain he's a bodybuilding and, and physique athlete coach uh, next week but I want to you know sort of talk to him about 
the the differences too because there's this feeling that when you're training really hard and sweaty and doing you know high intensity interval training whatever that you're like burning more calories and that you're moving faster towards your goals of weight loss and whatnot and um kind of just doesn't necessarily work that way and i i i I recall from when we had luke tullock on the show that he was like yeah it's kind of much of a muchness you can lift some weights can do some cardio doesn't really matter your output is more or less the same is that right yeah, I think that's what he said. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was coming back to the basic calories principles and yeah, the fitness fitness model. So he trains up uh, bodybuilders and fitness models, uh, like physique competitors. Physique competitors. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like all mm. of the different levels moving up towards bodybuilding. He um he co- it seems that he has more. He takes more of a consulting kind of role doing their skin fold tests, helping them uh, prep for competition, posing routines, that kind oh, of nice. thing. I don't, I, I don't think he does a huge amount of face-to-face coaching. It's a lot of online stuff. Oh, online. Yeah, sounds very cool. Cool. Well, gents, I appreciate the chat today. We're going to wrap it up there. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to share before we go? No. Not off no. the top of my head, no. Very good. Thanks for listening, to guy, listening today, guys. That was episode 83. Uh, remember, fight night's coming up. 14th of December. We will put the details out. You'll see it on our social media. 12th of December. 12th. 12th December. Sorry. Thank you. My bad. <clears throat> uh, if you see, you'll see it in our newsletter and all that stuff. But uh, watch it. Get some friends around. Get some popcorn. Buy the stream. Watch some people beat them, beat each other up. But then also know that your money's going towards helping uh, people improve their mental health. And also, if you like the show, please take a screenshot. Share it on your Instagram. Tag us. We love to know who's listening. And uh, share the episode with a friend. Thanks. We'll catch you guys next week. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Yeah.